You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome to A Bigger Life. I am sitting here, uh, I always record these probably a week or two before you get to them, uh, but it's right now cold and rainy, gray, wet outside. One of those times in May that uh, is more like April than it is like May, but it's, I mentioned the weather and I've mentioned it before because, you know, we're physical bodies and uh, we're people who have our spirit within a body and they are together. They have a comprehensive effect on one another. Our body affects our mood, our mind, our soul, and vice versa. Our soul, as we talked about when we were talking about confession and all that, affects our body, Uh, our, our, our state of uh, being, uh, whether we're walking with God or running from God affects us physically. And often our physical body affects our spiritual mood as well. We can't avoid that. That's the kind of people we are. And in this fallen world, a lot of times our body will lead us down a stray path um, where we need to use our mind to reverse what our body is telling us. And sometimes on rainy, cold, gray damp days. We have to do that. Otherwise, we get into a mood that is less than real. And uh, this psalm I'm going to talk about today is Psalm 42. It's written to the choir master. A lot of times you read at the beginning of these psalms that these are old postscripts, or I should say prescripts, that describe the occasion of these psalms. And they're very ancient. They're very old. And so this is telling us that this psalm is meant to be sung in worship by God's people back in the days of Israel, and it was to be sung in the temple or in some kind of corporate worship setting, which tells us that this the things in this psalm were, as we've said in the past, inspired by the Holy Spirit for God's people to say in prayer and to sing even and when these were songs in worship. That's what the psalms are, is songs of worship. And so this is a psalm that is meant for us to come to God in prayer and in worship. And the reason I mention all that is because there are verses in this psalm, like in many of the psalms, that don't sound like something the Holy Spirit wants us to say. Um, For example, in verse 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Who is the they? Well, I think we learn in later in this psalm, the they, he talks about again in verse 9. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? This psalm is written in a state of uh, despair, uh, discouragement, because one form or another of oppression is coming from an enemy. Now, 
We may not have physical enemies that are trying to destroy us today, although we do have a virus that is a physical enemy, and we may think of it that way, but it doesn't seem to have a a mind of its own as far as an intent. But we do have spiritual enemies, and the New Testament in several places tells the believer that we have an adversary who is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 that we have forces, uh, spiritual forces, that are forces of darkness that are trying to attack us with deception. And so I think a lot of times when we read in the Psalms of enemies, it's appropriate and right for us theologically to, to think of our very real enemies that are spiritual forces of some kind that the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about except that they're real and that they're, they have a mind of their own that are designed on our destruction through deception and other means. So we have a spiritual battle that we fight when we worship, when we pray scripture, when we pray through the Psalms, we're fighting spiritual battle. We're fighting against not flesh and blood, uh, but against forces, dark forces in the heavenly realm that are trying to destroy us, Paul talks about in Ephesians 6. And so, and Peter talks about in 1 Peter 5. And so we're, we're doing that when we pray, we recognize we have enemies, and our enemies are always taunting us in our mind, in our thoughts, saying to us in our despair, saying to us when the weather is cold, when the weather is damp, the skies are gray. A lot of times our enemies take advantage of those days when we're sort of physically in a mood that's less than positive, less than optimistic, not a sunny day. And our brain is an organ that sometimes is disposed toward more pessimistic thinking on days like this. And so we say to our spiritual enemies, or at least I should say we acknowledge our spiritual enemies are trying to discourage us to make us feel like God is far away. Uh, Maybe not intellectually, we're not probably saying God is far away, God is not here. Intellectually, we have maybe a faith that, that doesn't go down that road, but we just feel an absence of God. We feel far away from God, distant from God. And the Holy Spirit is putting these feelings in this psalm because he wants us to acknowledge the reality of when we feel this way. What's encouraging in some ways about this psalm is that Jesus prays this, at least as a line in this psalm. I I don't want to say he prays it. I was going to say he meditated on this psalm. We know he prayed through this psalm and meditated on this psalm because he quotes it. In Matthew 26, 38, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he quotes verse 6, My soul is cast down within me, or downcast within me, some translations say. And Jesus was always immersed in the Psalms and quoted them as part of his soundtrack of how he talked about his life. And he certainly had Psalm 42 in mind when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was in a very discouraging moment. And, and so you'll see why here, because Psalm 42, verse 5 says, Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. Verse 8. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is within me, 
a prayer to the God of my life. Whenever I read his song within me, is within me, I think of what we looked at in Psalm 40, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to my God, a song of deliverance. And so his song of praise, his song of deliverance, a prayer to the God of my life is within me. And that's the song I need to tap into in times like these. His steadfast love he commands by day. At night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock. And then you expect some exultant prayer, but this is that verse I looked at earlier. Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. What you see is a back and forth in this psalm. It's a lot like our lives, right? It's a back and forth of God is my salvation. God is my life. And then why are you cast down, O my soul? Where is God? Where is your God? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. It goes back and forth. And you and I go back and forth, don't we? And again, this is a prayer that Jesus meditated on. This psalm is a psalm he meditated on. And when he quotes it, he quotes the more pessimistic side of it. And we can too. I think we can be honest with God how we feel. We can be honest in our soul, how we feel. And we're always going back and forth between what I feel versus what is real. I, I got to acknowledge what I feel. And I think the more honest I am, the better my prayer is going to be. And I shouldn't suppress those things. I should say what I feel. And then I should remind myself of what is, what is real because Jesus came and he died on the cross and he rose from the dead what is real is already in play. He's already restoring and redeeming his creation. His resurrection is the first act of that. He's the first of a redeemed and restored creation. And the resurrection of our own, our own resurrection is coming. So we look at verses 1 through two, one and 2. The psalm starts this way. It says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? This image of a deer trying to find a stream, thirsting and struggling to find a stream as it travels through the forest, is the image that this psalmist has in mind when he thinks about his life. That his life is a journey that is thirsty, and in reality, he is panting for the streams of God, the presence of God. When shall I come and appear before God? I'm going to. That's the trajectory my life is on. This is the promise of Jesus' death and resurrection for me. This is part of the song of deliverance he has put in my mouth. I proclaim this, that God is my life. God is my salvation. God is my hope. And yet my soul thirsts for God. There's this reality that I'm not there yet. And I think the thirst is for other things. I think the, the thirst is for people's approval. 
I think the thirst is for maybe pleasure. I think the thirst is for other ways of self-indulgence and selfishness and self-centeredness. And I go off on these paths of going astray because I'm confused where my thirst is directed toward. But this psalmist reminds himself, no, it's, it's for God. It's always been for God. It's always for God that my soul thirsts. I'm not going to get fooled, even though I have all these voices trying to fool me, these adversaries trying to trip me up. They're always trying to say, where is your God? And making me feel alone and making me feel distant from God. And so I try to quench my thirst somewhere else. No, I'm not going to fall for it. I'm going to remind myself the Lord commands his steadfast love. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my salvation. He is my life. He is my God. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him because I'm going to appear before him. Now, we also know other parts of Scripture, we don't wait to appear before God. He is living within us by His Holy Spirit. And we remind ourselves of these things as well when we pray. So let's do that now. Let's pray. Let's take Psalm 42 and make it our prayer. Again, when I pray through a psalm, I don't, I don't feel the need to pray through every verse. I don't pray through verses that don't resonate with me at that point. I just move on to a verse and find a verse that does. That's what I'm trying to do is find verses that resonate with where I feel what, I, what I'm what i going through now and what I want to pray now. I don't feel a, any kind of a burden to have a Bible study. I'm trying to pray and use the Psalms to help me pray, which is what we're going to do now. Heavenly Father, sometimes it's a cold day, a gray day a wet, damp, rainy day. And in many ways, that's a metaphor for our lives, that we know that a better day is coming, but today is hard. Maybe today is hard because there's turmoil in our home or there's turmoil at work, turmoil in my finances. Things are not the way I want them to be. And I am affected by that. I get discouraged by that. I'm down. I'm not sure how it's going to turn out. I'm not sure how today's going to turn out. And I go through moments where I'm, my soul is downcast. My soul is in turmoil within me. My, It's almost as if there's a deadly wound in my bones. It goes deep down in my bones, and there's a sense of being taunted by life. Where is your God? Where is your faith? What's going to happen today? What's going to happen in this situation? And I get discouraged. I get downcast. And the Holy Spirit has given me this prayer to pray. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him and praise him by faith, not because of what I feel, but because of what I know is real. I will again praise him because he is my salvation. He has come in the person of Jesus. And Jesus felt this prayer. Jesus felt the burden of a soul that was downcast within him. And this psalm was a psalm that Jesus meditated on, obviously spent much time in prayer through because he felt it himself. He lived 
the discouragement of this psalm and his own sufferings. And so he, he said this even that night in the garden. He said this prayer, and so I pray this prayer. I know that you became human in the person of Jesus, and you did not spare yourself the discouragement of the discouraged, downcast soul, the suffering of this life. And you did it because you were bringing me into a better story. I will enter a better story. I'm in it now. I will appear one day before God. I will see God face to face. I will have a resurrection body. I will not be on an earth that is burdened by adversaries who are taunting us. Where is your God? But I will be with God face to face. But I thirst for you, God. I thirst in ways I have no idea, my soul thirsts for you. Deep within my bones, I long for you. I don't always know that. I get fooled and think it's for other things. I walk away from your steadfast love because I think I'm thirsting for that over there. I walk away from your infinite wisdom because I think what I need over there is what will satisfy me. But I know, I know, I know my soul thirsts for you like a deer that is panting for flowing streams so pants my soul for you O god my soul thirsts for you for the living god the god of life the god of my salvation so i hope in you lord even in the midst of the turmoil of my soul i put my hope in you by faith by trust in Jesus' death, Jesus' life, Jesus' resurrection, Jesus' returning again, the promise of your Holy Spirit and your word, I trust in you. I stand on your promise. You are with me. Your Holy Spirit indwells me. Your Holy Spirit has given me this prayer to pray to you so that I would not lose faith, but I would put my hope in you, that I would not listen to the taunting of my enemies. Where is his God? Where is your God? But instead, I put my trust in your word. I put my trust in you. I hope in God, my salvation, and my God. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, the one who came and lived and suffered for me and died for me and rose from the dead for me, ascended to heaven and rules as king over all the heaven and all of earth, Lord of heaven and earth, and is coming again for me and coming with me to bring a restored earth a renewed earth, in a restored, renewed body, in a restored, renewed, perfect relationship with God. Every day, God has spoken a new song into my soul, a song of deliverance, a song that is new based upon your love for me, the God of my life, your steadfast love for me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.